This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody, as we head into cold and flu season, I don't know about you, but I don't want to deal with it. You can take some preventative measures by using elderberry syrup. And I have an awesome human who is part of this podcast network who has her own elderberry syrup. Her and her husband own a small farm and they source the highest quality ingredients for their products. What is elderberry? It is an immune modulating herb, which brings balance to the immune system, reducing stress, decreasing inflammation, and helping to prepare the body for cold and flu season naturally. If you do get sick, it's proven to help reduce severity and duration. It's also safe for kids to take. If your kids are under one, you can use their DIY kit that they have available on their website and use maple syrup or your favorite sweetener instead. The elderberry syrup that they have also has the addition of healing herbs like cinnamon, gingers, rose hips, which is huge for vitamin C and clove. Elderberry syrup helps you stay on top of your health all year long. Listen, my kids are coming home with colds left and right, and I've been downing this. I was downing the elderberry before the New York City Marathon, and I'm downing it after because they're coughing all over me. And knock on wood, I'm not sick yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Even if I do get sick, though, I am hoping that the elderberry syrup decreases the severity of it like it's proven to do. Um, This is a small family-owned business as well. I always feel like things made in small batches, you can bet that it's probably better quality than what you're buying massively produced at the grocery store. They put a lot of love into their products. You can go to greengrowers.farm and when you use the code SANDYBOY at your checkout, that'll get you free shipping. So that's greengrowers.farm and use the code SANDYBOY at checkout. And I, I gotta tell you, it's actually really tasty. Like you could add it into your oatmeal or I just take a tablespoon and, and down it, but it's it's actually a really delicious tasting syrup. Um, again, that's greengrowers.farm. Use the code SANDYBOY and get yourself some free shipping. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are joining us today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids, and I hope that you walk away from these episodes feeling like you got a big hug, some support, a little bit of community, and that you are a part of these conversations. Today, my guest is Allie Flynn. She's a writer and supporter specifically for moms of teens and provides encouragement and inspiration for them. She has four daughters, two who are out of the house in college and two who are at home. And we talk about that a lot in this episode. We talk about transitioning to the holidays when kids come home and how we can adjust our expectations. You know I love a good conversation with a mom that is a few steps ahead of me. And I really hope you take something from this conversation with Allie like I did. You can find Allie on Instagram, she's hang.in.there.mama, M-A-M-A. All right, friends, and if you enjoy this conversation of the podcast, please leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. 
so that potential new listeners can find the show. That is such a huge way that we can bring new listeners. And, you know, if this is something that's helpful for you or something you enjoy, hopefully it'll be something other people can enjoy as well. So you just go to iTunes and click rating and review and you can leave one there. It's super, super simple. You can learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Allie. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Allie Flynn on the show. Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. So excited to have you. Mom of four girls, which is so fun for me because I'm a mom of four boys. Excellent. It's so much fun. Hey, where do you all live? We live in New York. Oh, okay. Awesome. And you're about to go pick up one of your kids from college? I am in a few hours. She flies in and then my other one flies in next week. Oh my gosh. You're living a life that I'm like, what is that even going to be like? I can't imagine. So you're Girls are 16, 16, 18, and 19. Yes. I know. I can't believe it myself that I'm already here because I feel like just yesterday they were toddlers running all over the place, not even in preschool, and we were just having dance parties all the time and hanging out. Tell me this, though. Like, I I think that I'm the kind of person that has always held on to it like, oh, my gosh, I know it's going to fly by. And I, I really like don't want to live like that where I'm like constantly mourning like that it's going to go by so fast. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's going to happen. Life goes on. Right. And so I want to enjoy right now. But I also don't want to like obsess over how fast it goes. Well, that's it. Right. It's finding the balance between enjoying the moment while you're living it, but not perseverating on the fact that you will move forward. Yeah. You know, and it's like for me now, it's having these beautiful memories with my girls from when they were younger and embracing it and looking back on it fondly or sometimes looking back on it and being like, oh, my gosh, how did I even manage that or get through it? But it all sort of are these like stepping stones building up to now having my bigger kids. And um, but I definitely there are moments that I look back and I just think, wow, you know, where has that time gone? And it is nostalgic and it is at sometimes really sad. You know, it's just that course of life moving forward. I saw your post where you like wrote a letter to your kids. Like, will they remember all these things about me when I'm gone? And I was thinking about that and I was getting like super weepy last night. And I was like, if something happened to me, like, will my husband tell them all these things? You know, because when his mom died, you know, we were adults into our thirties. But, uh, he always said like, I never really thought about like who my mom was outside of being my mom until she died. And I'm like, that's so wild to think about. And it's like, how do we show our kids like all these other facets of ourselves outside of being their mom when being their mom is obviously our most important job. Yeah. And that was sort of the reasoning behind that piece of writing. Um, I actually happened to be on an airplane when I wrote it. Oh, see, I can't write stuff like that when I'm on an airplane because I'm like, you don't, what if something happens? What if something happens? <laughs> so it was really more resonating with that exact concept that you mentioned. You know, it's the thought of I am their mom and that's my most precious role in my life. And they know me as mom, but do they know me as Allie, the adult woman that I am? 
And do they know me for who I really am? Not just mom who makes dinner or, you know, gathers lunches together, cleans up messes and does laundry, but, you know, someone who really has like a a soul and feelings and passions. And I think that's just really important for my kids to know that you can have this beautiful role, but all of these other facets of me and these pieces of me make me who I am. And I, I never want to pass on and have my kids not really know that I love, you know, walking on dirt country roads or the smell of the salty air of the ocean, you know, all of those things or that, you know, I hate mint gum, but I love bubble gum, mm-hmm. the silly little things I want them to know, but it makes me who I am. How do you separate that from like, not freaking out? Like that might happen. You know what I mean? Like thinking of your life, your kids' lives without you is really hard. So like, I think I shy away from writing stuff like that. Yeah, I could see why you would. But I think for me, I'm so introspective and reflective. And it actually soothes me a little bit, Mm. right? So all of those really hard topics, I like to write about whether I share it with the world or not, or I just write it for me, I have to sort of get it out there into the universe or else I will perseverate on it. Mm. And I will have some worry at night about, well, what if something happened to me? Would they know who I am? Well, here now it's in writing, right? So now that that sort of lives on and you have that with you in case you do forget. Yeah. Writing can be so therapeutic. Have you always been a writer? I have. Even from a little girl, I always was the one with the journals and the diaries and, you know, even just like setting up my stuffed animals or my dolls and talking with them, storytelling. Uh Um, So it's always just been a part of who I am or writing letters with friends, right? Like people don't write letters anymore, Uh writing letters and sending cards and it words have just always been really important to me, but getting them out of my headspace and onto paper. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that's sort of how it just has continued. I took a little break um, while I was raising my kids and it was just really hectic and chaotic, but I would always find that I would pick up my phone and write in my notes, um, whether I was having a really hard day or something really pressing happened or, you know, something beautiful went on. Um, If I was arguing with my husband, I would take out my phone and and I have to just write it all down or else I can't move forward. I love that. You mentioned when you were raising your kids and we talked about your kids' ages already. Uh, what is the transition? Like you're technically, you're not done raising your kids, but like they are into their own selves now. Like you have guided them to who they're going to be and they've they've chosen whatever paths they've chosen so far. Uh, how does that transition feel? Like, you know, when you have to let go of like them wanting to be around you all the time. Right. Well, I think there's so many different transitions as you go through it and that motherhood journey. For me, with my kids now, some being in college and some in the upper levels of high school, yeah, I'm still clearly raising them, right? And I do believe you're still raising them, even when they're in their 30s, their 40s, right? If we're so blessed to be here. But it has the transitions and it ebbs and flows. And it's more about, I thought I was going to have a really hard time when they became like tweens and teens and sort of letting go because those toddler years, elementary school years, they are priceless, mm. right? And they're innocent and they're, they're fit for me, at least they were fairly easy. Um, besides like the hectic nature of having so many kids, yeah, 
just in general, it sort of flowed very easily. And, you know, I think that the transition wasn't as scary as our society sort of makes it out Mm. to be, to be honest. Um, At least that's what I experienced. Um, I think we sort of live in the society where it's like, oh, you're, you have a tween, you have a teen, right? Like, oh, I feel bad for you. Well, Mm -hmm. why do you feel bad for me? Like they're just in this new stage that can be really amazing and exciting. And we don't have to just make it a negative all the time. But I will preface with prior to having my children, I was a middle school teacher. Okay. Being around the tweens and Uh teens, great English. And I was also a K through 12 special needs teacher. So You know, those transitions are scary, but if you sort of, I felt like if you just embrace them and allow it to be really organic and happen naturally, it's easier. But I think letting go also of like sort of that toxic negativity that we are told and we read about every day about teenagers, right? Like not all teenagers are these horrible beings. Hmm. They have so much to offer. And we just have to acknowledge that, really. Yeah, I love that you say that. That that makes so much sense. And one of the podcasts I've done on this show is with Michelle Icard, and she kind of specializes in the tween teen years. And what I love about what she says is that, like, this is like the natural time for your kids to kind of like push away a little bit, do their own thing. Like, it's actually normal that they don't want to be around you all the time, and so. Like this is them finding their freedom and who they are. Um, But I mean, even now my oldest is 10 and, you know, he gets home from school and immediately just wants to go play with his friends. Like, Hey, I'm, you know, and I try to like plant myself and have, yes. (laughs) And I'm like, but you've been gone all day. Like, you don't, because the other thing is, is as they get older and they're not so physically needy of you, you actually want to be around them more. When they're right. being pleasant, at least. You're like fostering your friendships now, right? And your relationship. You're not just yeah. mom taking care of yeah. your child, right? So you have more to share, more to engage with. And, oh, I feel you on that one. You know, my my high school kids, sometimes I feel like days go by and I don't see them. Yeah. Right? They leave for school at 8. They come home at 3. But then they play sports and they have tons of homework junior year. And, um, you know, it's like the little snippets of time I try to squeeze in right so I'll try to squeeze in a family dinner and even if it's 15 minutes right it's still something it's downtime it's talking it's regrouping we'll do a lot of chatting my kids still don't drive yet so we chat a lot in the car to sort of reconnect Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or if I sort of feel like okay maybe they're done with their homework but they might be on FaceTime with somebody or just relaxing in their room and in bed totally normal they want that space it's not that they're angry at me or upset with me or think I'm a bad mom no it's so normal for them to want that but I will always offer hey do you want to come down and you know hang out we could we can hang out and do anything or do you want to like watch a show we can lay in bed your bed my bed on the couch whatever you want to do so trying to still offer I'm here for you and I want to hang out with you and be with you but if you say no I totally get it Right. Because it is a natural developmental stage. And then you see the transition as they get even older and going into college prior to college, coming home from college. Then it becomes more, hey, mom, do you want to watch a movie, hang out, you know, run to CVS with me, whatever it might be. 
and they sort of embrace and the, the table sort of turn a little bit. Yeah. Talk to me about kids coming home for the holidays. I think often about, you know, the example of like a kid freaking out on a birthday party or at Disney World because like their expectations were so high. And as an adult, I do this. Like if I have something special planned for the kids and someone's behavior like messes it up, I'm like, ah, my expectations were so high for this like wonderful event, even if it was, you know, something super small. So how do you and your kids like balance expectations so that because I'm sure as a mom, kids coming home, you're like, oh, this is going to be amazing. They're back. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, right? it's a whole transition. And I do the same thing as you. Like oftentimes I set in my own mind, not that I'm verbalizing it, these high expectations of what I envision. And I that is one thing I learned very quickly last year. Let go of the expectations when your kids come home from college. Mm. I had to let go because I found that when I had sort of things lined up, whether it was things that I wanted to do with them or things we needed to regroup and talk about, I would get disappointed if they couldn't offer me that time and that space. And I realized if I let go and again, organically allow things to take place, I then don't get disappointed, but things run more smoothly. Mm. So, but the one thing that I will say is as much as I let go and, and have become more flexible, I will also communicate with them. Hey, listen, I really want to spend time with you. Can you, let's say it's a Tuesday. Could you make it a point that before Saturday, we have a few hours together and we could just go do whatever you want, or we could stay here, but let's just spend time together and regroup. Right. Or my kids coming home for the holidays for Christmas. We got our Christmas tree the other day. But last year it became, well, I don't want to decorate my tree without my college mm. girl. Right. Because I have one who's a sophomore now, one who's a freshman. So let's get the tree. We'll put the lights up and we're going to wait. Mm. And letting go of sort of the expectations of things for the holidays and the decorations being the same as they always were, just so she can also be included. Um, but just the transitions are hard and I, I just think flexibility is key and letting go of your views of what you want. Cause they also have their own views, right? My kids come home at Thanksgiving. All they want to do is see every single person I think they have ever met in their life. He's <laughs> in into three days, <laughs> right? So if we don't allow that space, it's just going to be a battlefield. Do uh, kids still go out on Wednesday nights, the night before Thanksgiving? Um, I My kids, I think, go out every night. <laughs> <laughs> but I am very lucky that my house tends to be one of the homes where the kids gather and, and come to. Yeah. yeah. So like this one, last Wednesday night for um, Thanksgiving, my kids did a Friendsgiving. Mm -hmm. So they invited, my college kids, so they invited all their friends over and, you know, they just ordered in Chinese food and hung out and then my husband and I hang out with them for a little bit. And it's really nice to see everyone gathering together. I just remember back in college, you'd like, or even after like the early years after college, everybody went out on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. And you know, the older I get, the more I'm like, okay, bedtime at eight 30, the Wednesday Absolutely. before Thanksgiving. Absolutely. <laughs> There's something to be said for those houses where the kids gather and I try to cultivate that even now, like 
as chaotic as it is with all these boys running around and every once in a while we get a girl or two that pops over to the house. But I want, even though the chaos stresses me out sometimes, I want to be the house that kids just show up at and come to and that that lasts into, you know, how your old your kids are in, in college. Was there anything special you did or any any reason why they land with you guys sometimes? Well, I think that was something really important to me as well, right? Being that house, the gathering. And it wasn't to have like, you know, big brother watching you. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really my focus at all. Yeah. The invitation and the comfort and the warmth of, of being in your own home. And I think for me, when my kids were little, it was just constantly offering to them. Oh, do you want to have, you know, a friend over? Oh, do you want to have a group of friends over on a Friday night? We'll order pizza and you guys can watch TV or go in the attic or do whatever you want. Um, So really offering it and not pushing it, but fostering it Mm. and saying, you know, I want your friends here. We're welcoming them in. And I would do anything possible for them to make it more comfortable. And, um, Then I just think it continued through middle school. Like my kids would ask, can we have a group of kids over? Um, But I always continued to offer, oh, it's a snow day. Do you want to invite, you know, half of the neighborhood over? And now all of a sudden the neighborhood kids are here and making hot chocolate or hanging out until, you know, later in the evening and now, you know, staying for an impromptu dinner. So it was really going with their lead, but also always letting my kids know that the house is open. Mm -hmm. And even my college kids yesterday, for example. So we always decorate um, gingerbread houses every year. And that's one of those things It became a neighborhood. Let me invite a bunch of neighborhood kids over with their moms and decorate gingerbread houses. And as they got older, it continued. And then just yesterday, I go to Target and I see all the gingerbread houses out. So I buy four. And I sent to my college kids just to sort of be funny, you know, BYOB, bring your own beer. Uh-huh. Did BYOGH, bring your own gingerbread house. And I said, why don't you invite your friends over? Everyone brings a gingerbread house. You guys can all do gingerbread making at some point during your holiday break. So little things like that, and they might not ever do it. Yeah. It sort of plants the seed of always being welcoming, inviting people in. Yeah. Well, lately I've been super fortunate. One of my neighbors, like I swear one of my four kids is eating dinner at her house, like almost every day of the week, there's somebody over there, which I'm like, you know, at this stage, um, and how old my kids are, I'm like, okay, one less kid out of the house eating dinner somewhere else is like a relief. It's like a, okay. Yeah. There's like one less fight happening or, you know, one less dictator trying to like make their everything their way. And, um, but I have struggled at times when I feel like, cause I'm like a part-time working mom where I feel like, okay, all the kids are dumped at my house all the time. Cause all these other moms are working or like can't take a break or can't take a day off or can't only work half day. And so I struggle a little bit cause I just feel like sometimes I'm dumped on fully knowing that if I was like, Hey kids, you, you got to go home, you know, but at the same time wanting everybody to be together, it's like this like hard right. mix, right? Well, it's like you want them there, but you also want some private time with your kids or, you know, you want them there, but you want a clean house, Uh but at the same time, you sort of love the mess. And that's where I, I always fell. 
Um, you know, it's funny. I, I wrote something a few years ago and I took a photo of my mudroom and it had, oh my gosh, must have over 20 something pairs of sneakers. Mm -hmm. And it was a disaster and, you know, coats all over the floor. And, and as much as I love it, there's a love hate relationship yes. right? because I'm also like, Oh, my house, I sort of want things neat and organized. Uh -huh. And I wrote about how when my kids grow up that I would really miss that. Yeah. My kids laid into me. They're like, that's ridiculous. You're never going to miss the mess. <laughs> They're like, you're going to miss us. Not all the chaos and not the mess, but I do miss it. Yeah. My house is really quiet now. Right. Yeah. So your kids get older because you're still in that younger age with four. That constant noise and the high volume in your house and the running around and the chaos and it can make your head completely spin. And then all of a sudden it just gets really quiet, you know, because either they leave for college or there's tons of schoolwork and studying or they're out and about with their friends. And I do miss it. Mm -hmm. So I find when when the college kids come home, my girls laugh at me like these kids walk in my door and I am like hugging them and I'm all over <laughs> them and I want to hear everything. And then I have to remind myself, oh, wait, this is their time with their friends. Maybe it's my cue to like leave and go into another room. Uh huh. Um, but all I want to do is is talk to them and learn about them. Totally. I was talking to one of my kids about, oh, like, yeah, if you go to school, like, close by, you guys can come home on the weekends and I'll make food. And then my husband looks at me and he's like, you're not making the food. I'm, you know, I'll be the one making the food. He's like, you're just going to want to be talking to everybody and being everybody's best friend. That's what you're going to want to do. It is so fun, though, when they come home, right? And you start to, the kids start to talk to you yeah. as an adult and yeah. share things. You know, I could be emptying my dishwasher. And one of the boys or girls will walk in. They'd be like, Allie, what do you think about and just start a conversation? Or what should I do? And I'm like, oh, this is amazing so that we've fun. gotten to this point, you know? Yeah, for sure. Hey, everybody. A quick break to thank Gooder for supporting Sandy Way Productions Podcast Network. If you're looking for some awesome sunglasses that are functional, fashionable, and affordable, look no further than Gooder. My favorites are the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me, the Breakfast Run to Tiffany's, so many great shades, fun colors, classic styles and colors as well. Go to gooder.com and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5, and that'll get you 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. So when did you start your um, Hang In There Mama? So I started that during COVID. Oh, that okay. Silver lining of COVID. Okay. Um, all my kids had remote learning and I sort of got really bored. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't working and well, I haven't, I, I basically have been a stay at home mom since I had my eldest, but only so many loads of laundry and organizing my house I could continue to do. Yeah. And I found that, you know, I read all these blogs and all these books and I thought, you know what, I could, I think I could do this. Let me give it a shot. And I wound up starting to send some submissions in um, to some online publications and they were accepted. And then once they were accepted, I just sort of said, let me start a Facebook page. Let's see where this goes. I'm not going to do a website. Let's just start slow. And it really started, I started bringing out my old journals mm. and editing those and writing about it. Oh, cool. Um, and my experiences and reflections. And then it just sort of 
kept moving forward. And I got into this, you know, sort of this writing group um, with a bunch of women through her view from home, which is where I had submitted to. And it's just such this great support system for writers. And then everything just sort of networked a little bit further and further. So it's really, it, it has been my silver lining. It gave me exactly what I needed during that time. But I was also looking for something to move forward with as my kids were growing up. Mm. Um, and it's a passion of mine and a love of mine. So it never feels too heavy mm-hmm. and too much like work. And then I have so many things for the future that I, I'm hoping to do. Um, so I have all these goals, right? So I'm doing right now in the present moment what I can, but with a lot, hopefully for the future. So her view from home, I, I always get, see people sharing that on Instagram and I'll read it and I'll be like, ah, oh. so this is like a collaboration, like just hundreds of women all over the country or world submit things and they accept it and then share it. Yeah. So it's basically an online platform that was started by this woman, Leslie Means. And it is this platform where women can submit, um, you know, reflective pieces, articles about friendships, marriage, um, children, motherhood, faith. And it's basically you're chosen, your piece is chosen. And then once you get published on their platform, it opens up this whole private um, Facebook group for women. Oh, cool. But except one of their writers to sort of work and and network with one another. And I I actually just went a few weeks ago, probably six weeks ago to New Jersey and met nine other writers who I became like online writer friends with. um, And we share each other's work and support each other. And we met for the first time in person. Oh, cool. Was it just planned? Like you all were just like, Hey, let's get together. Yeah, these two women organized it. It was like, who's in? You know, sort of threw it out to about 30 women and um, went from there. Because that grouping that I'm also, I'm in like a larger grouping for Her View From Home, but then I'm in like sort of a smaller group of moms who just really talk about raising teens. Yeah. And college kids. Um, But it's just been a blessing. Yeah. How do you decide like, I'm going to put this on my page or I'm going to submit this to her view from home or another site right or or to other publications yeah um I think a lot of times my longer pieces I'll submit and then my shorter pieces then I just throw up on the blog and a lot of times it could be something that I'm literally feeling at that moment that I will write about and share um very sort of in an impulsive way, mm-hmm. not a lot of editing and just throw it out there. And sometimes those are the pieces that my readers connect with the most. For sure. Right. And it's just really organic and transparent. See, that's what Instagram was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like right. it's turned into this like very planned, like aesthetically pleasing, like perfectly yes. crafted. And I feel the same way. It's like, you know, on Friday I was having like the weirdest day in my head and I was like, I'm just going to like write how I'm feeling right now. And those posts always like people are like, yes, me too. Right. Because it's so honest. Right. And it's raw. And that real component of being a mom or, you know, being a woman, that's what people want to read. They don't want to read something that's so organized, planned out, perfectly edited, blah, 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 blah. They want the transparency. And I think that's one thing that 
I've always done in my writing, right? Because my writing is about getting my truth out, not hiding from the truth, Mm -hmm. not being in denial. It's getting the truth out there. So I just always felt like with my page, my mission was always, I want to share with moms, let's just say younger moms, maybe some of the things that I wish people told me as a mom or supported me in some way. That is my goal, right? To say you're not alone and it's really hard to be a mom. And there's really good days and there's really awful days and there's days we're hysterically laughing and days we're hysterically crying and all of it's okay. And you don't have to be perfect, right? So that has always been my mission. But in order to do that, you have to be brutally honest, Mm -hmm. right? You can't hold back. And then even as it's moved forward, it's more, I write a lot about sort of the, the joys, but also the heartaches of raising teenagers and letting kids go. And like you said before, you know, those transitions and moving on and it's a part of life, but there's still parts that are really make you ache a bit. So it's, it's just being really raw and honest. Do you picture that day when the the twins move out? Oh, you know, I don't really go there yet because we're so in the thick of it right now with like ACT prep and all of that. Um, I have thought about it and I would say I'm not so much right now sad. I think I'm more like scared. Yeah. And that's something I was sharing with my husband, even before I started writing, I was, I always looked at it as I'm scared. Like what's going to happen to me? Because I based so much of my identity around being a stay at home mom, raising my children. And I was like, what am I going to do? Right? Like you're not retiring anytime soon. Like, what am I going to do with my life? And what have I, what have I done? Like my life is so purposeful because I've raised my children, but at the same time, what's my purpose? Mm -hmm. And so then when I decided to sort of, you know, take the plunge and start these social media pages, I started to realize, oh, it doesn't have to be so scary, Mm. right? Like, I know my kids are going to be fine. And I might, my twins are going to love college and be great and be successful. But it started to become more about me. And what am I going to do once I become an empty nester? And how am I going to be fulfilled? And I think through my writing, it's allowed me emotionally to process a lot of it and be able to, to digest it. And I will say, when all of this started, um, one of my daughters was going through the college process of, you know, applying to colleges and things. And she was my eldest. So that is a very trying time for moms, right? The first one who's about to leave. And I was so scared of that time. And am I going to be emotionally okay? Or am I going to break down? And how is it going to be when I come home from drop off and my house has one less person? But writing about it and going through the process and writing in a very raw fashion about how I felt about my daughter leaving, I think emotionally it really it really helped me. Yeah, gosh. And, you know, I brought up Michelle Eichard earlier and one of her suggestions is like when your kids get a little bit older and, you know, like teen preteens. Like her biggest suggestion is to get a hobby. Like if you're so obsessed with like, what are they doing? Do they want to hang out or whatever? And not to wait until all of your kids are out of the house and you're traditionally empty nesting. 
but to start to build on it, whether even if it's playing, you know, tennis or whatever it might be, it doesn't have to be writing, you know, tennis or you like, I don't know, running or going on hikes or uh, maybe you want to volunteer more. Start the process as they're also transitioning in high school, because then you sort of transition together. Right. And you're growing together through the transition rather than for me, if all of my kids are gone and then I start, everything just seems so abrupt and um, urgent. So I feel like if you can start these things ahead of time, it will just make the whole process easier. Yeah. And I always say like, oh, I started this podcast when I was pregnant with my third, not this podcast, my, my podcast for runners, but like the whole podcasting situation. Um, and so that's really been like a fulfilling part of my life and it takes up a lot of my life. But at the same time, it's like, I think no matter how much you work or how much you do, like you're still a little bit lost in motherhood because like that is your main thing. Like no matter what, you're still tucking your kids in at night or you know what I mean? No matter how busy you are with work or not work or whatever it is you're still lost in motherhood until they're out like because you're still in it so whether you have hobbies now or not like you're still getting freed up when they you know and so college right so yeah my kids I have really good communicative girls and they love to text and FaceTime and call and you know what you're saying that balance you're still in motherhood and you're still always in the mix of it and it takes up a tremendous amount of our time even though they're older while also trying to do a podcast or for me to write things and do submissions and work on a website but there's still you're still always raising them right because i'm still getting the facetime calls and i'm still getting the texts all the time and and it's that is first and foremost. And I find for me, as much as this is a hobby and, you know, sort of a part-time career that will always get pushed to the side to then still give to my kids what they need, even though they are now 19 and 18, right? Because as we know, it doesn't end, right? They might not live with me all the time, but I'm still always nurturing and mothering. Oh, I was crying to my mom yesterday and I was like, can you please come visit? I'm so grateful she's here, you know, like she's still yeah. on this earth. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm almost 40 and I'm doing it that does with my mom. And you're still going to worry even when your kids are 40. Yeah. Mm. Right. Being a mom is sort of just this inherent sense of always mothering and worrying, I think no matter how old your kids are. Yeah. So what is your advice to moms of, girls who are entering that teen phase really dig deep and find a lot of patience Mm. you know there were moments I didn't have as much patience as I wanted and I would in hindsight regret not being as patient because you know if they're having one of their sort of like teenage adult tantrums as I would call it (laughs) Right. It's really their way of acting out because something more pressing is going on in their lives. But sometimes as a mom, for me, at least I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in the middle of making dinner and I'm I have this coming in and that coming in and I'm there's chaos. I don't want to deal with this, you know, sort of teenage temper tantrum right now (laughs) and thinking you're old enough. You don't need to be behaving this way. But stepping back. Right. If I had the patience, then you step back and say, oh, wait, there's what's the why? There's a reason why let's sort of work on that. Um, 
so sort of my advice is to do not always what I did, you know, and, and really finding, finding the patience and um, just the understanding because it's hard. It is so hard being a teenager. And I think it's really hard being a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. Um, Social media, I think has really, um, really had, there's so many positives to social media, but really had such a negative impact also on girls, right? So everything that we dealt with growing up, right? Your self-esteem or body image issues or, you know, getting invited or not getting invited Mm -hmm. to things. It is just so much more in their face now. They never have a break. Oh, no. They can never just sit and be and think and reflect. I can't, I cannot imagine, even as adult, you feel like you're missing out. Absolutely. Because of what you see, like, oh, why'd she get invited to that? How'd she, how'd she get on that stage? Or why are they all hanging out and going to dinner? Like, why didn't they invite me? I mean, you still, you still see it. Right. And we wouldn't see it or know about it. No. in the when we went into the bathroom or something or got into our classroom they know immediately so yeah I think you know raising kids for moms it's just having so much patience and understanding and really I think for me looking at the bigger picture that sometimes it's not just this one situation there's so many tangents Mm -hmm. coming off of it and okay what's the root of the problem and let's sort of start with that Totally. Hey, everybody. I hope you will consider joining me in Jacksonville, Florida, the week of February 3rd through 5th for the Donna Marathon weekend. Breastcancermarathon.com. There's a 5K, a half marathon, and a marathon. And this all supports the Donna Foundation, which is helping people walking through a breast cancer diagnosis and also funds groundbreaking research. This is a beautiful race. Starts and finishes on the beaches of Jacksonville, Florida. Although you do not run on the sandy beach, don't worry. It is a flat, fast course, and uh, we are going to have a fun meetup at that race that I'd love to connect with you all. A great time of year to go down to Florida and get out of the cold if you live in cold environments, but it's not too warm. It's not too warm to run a race in Jacksonville in February. Go to breastcancermarathon.com, use the code Lindsay10, and that'll get you 10% off your race registration. And let me know if you plan on coming. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, lindsayhines626, I will be sure to be posting when I will have a meetup down there on that race weekend. It'll probably be the Friday or the Saturday before the race, and I cannot wait to meet people there. Breastcancermarathon.com, use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off your race registration. All right, back to the show. Um, What did you decide with social media with your kids? Like, how did you decide who got to do social media at what age? So all of my girls got phones um, going into sixth grade. Okay. um, Which I was not so confident with. um, But it really was one of those things where I live where um, every fifth grade graduation present for kids was a phone. <laughs> and I tried to hold out as long as I could, but then eventually my kids were getting hostile mm-hmm. with me and they felt like they really were missing out. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning there were boundaries, right? Like I had full access to, and I would always say, I can check your phone at any time, right? Like you're just sort of, it's on loan from me. You're renting it, right? I own it. You rent it. Um, 
so we had that boundary. Then we also, when they were in sixth grade though, I don't think they went on, they definitely didn't do Facebook. They think that's for like older women. Yeah. Like (laughs) us old people are the only ones left. Instagram came a little later. Yeah. What they had at first, but there, you know, I had to set up boundaries and there were boundaries of it gets charged in my kitchen, which that my kids totally, wow. The amount of arguments about that one. Oh, I can you imagine. Know, no one else has to charge their phone in the kitchen. I'm like, I bet more people do than you think. Isn't that the hardest yeah. thing though? Is like the other families are doing it this way. Okay. Why can't we have that? Yeah, I never gave into that though. I would always say, if you don't know me well enough, then you don't know that I really don't care what any other mother is doing. Yes. Because you're my responsibility and I have to take care of you. And this is, you're my job. And if I don't do what's right for you, then I'm, not doing a good job and yeah. I'm not being the best mom for you. I don't care what, you know, Susie's doing down the street. So just sort of sticking to my guns too, right? So being patient while setting boundaries and sort of sticking with the boundaries and not being so laissez fair with them. Um, but then as time moved on and they developed sort of the social media etiquette, right? And sort of the strategies then loosening up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But even now, sometimes not with my college kids, but even, you know, when they were in high school, I'd be like, guys, you have been on your phones for like enough, get off. Or, oh, so why why are you frantically texting? Oh, so-and-so is annoyed at me. I'm like, you got to shut it down, right? Shut it down. It's okay. No one should have access to you 24 seven. That's the problem. Yeah. And you don't need to feel like you need to respond within 10 seconds. I had one daughter a few years ago say to me, I went in her room and she was crying. I was like, what's going on? Like, what are you upset about? And she was like, I just feel so much pressure. So I'm thinking it's school, right? Things like that. And I said, okay, well, what is it? You know, what are you feeling pressure about? What she felt pressure about was that if she doesn't respond fast enough to friends, they get upset with her. Mm. text or snapchat and i was like no 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 no. you can't live your life like that right you also have to breathe you have to eat dinner you have to go to your activity you have to be able to to just give yourself some space and some time no one should expect you to respond right away but they feel this pressure and this need to give to people what they want which is immediate gratification Mm -hmm. And that's a lot to take on. I couldn't imagine feeling that way as an adult. No. Right? Like it can wait. Yeah. I And I feel like business culture actually like puts that on people. Like get an email response right away and things like that. And I do think that it's shifting a little bit like availability, like people assuming that you have a life outside of being stuck to your phone or your computer. Right. But yeah, I mean, gosh, it's crazy to think back to what we had. We had our little pop up our little phones that had the like flip phone and half the time it wasn't even turned on. I didn't even have that in high school. Yeah. God. I'm 47. I didn't have a phone. I had my landline with the really long, oh, yeah. cord, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, Oh, you get a hold of me when I'm actually physically home. That's the only time. Um, I like talking to you about this though, because I do feel like on this podcast, I've had a lot of super rigid, like phones, you don't get phones until you're 16 or 17 or, you know, all these things. And I'm definitely, I 
think pretty conservative on screens and I'd like to say my kids aren't getting phones till they're 16 or whatever. Um, but I like hearing from you as someone who did it a little bit earlier and it's okay. And I also never want to feel like I'm shaming anybody who does give their kids phones earlier. And just like you were saying, like, I don't care what this family does. This is what my family's doing. I think that's so important that you like have your own family culture and maybe you give your kid a phone when they're 12 and maybe I do when they're 16 and that's totally okay. You have your boundaries for 12. I have my boundaries for 16. Right. Well, and that's it, right? It's respecting each other's decisions as moms and not shaming and not judging. And, you know, everybody knows the comfort level of what their kid can handle. Yeah. And everybody, even if your child, right, could handle a phone at 12, you as a mom are making that collective decision to say, no, we're going to hold off for X, Y, Z reason. And that's okay. And I feel like when we start doing that comparison trap, Mm -hmm. that's when it gets nasty between moms, right? And between women. And there's no reason, right? Because you're really just talking about a cell phone. Yeah. (laughs) You're talking about a decision about life of what you're making for your kid. And you know, listen, there have been mishaps with probably me giving my kids phones early on, but at the same time, they've learned a lot of lessons, right? They, and we've sat down and had conversations and meaningful conversations, or, you know, I remember even another time I did take my daughter's phone and I just, not because she did anything and there wasn't a red flag. It was just, let's see what's been going on and reading through texts. And literally bringing her into the room and saying to her, okay, you need to work on like your texting etiquette. <laughs> you're sounding really abrasive. You sound like you're yelling at the person uh-huh. right? or hello, 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 hello. Every five seconds, you are harassing people. Yeah. Right. So it brings in other conversations and life lessons, but yeah, the, the, the decision-making I really do believe for everybody across the board. It's what works for your kid. Yeah. Right. And all of our kids are so different and we're all so different and our upbringings are different. And I think it's, you know, learning from that. And I've had friends who have said, let's just say with the cell phone, Oh, I want a little bit later. But one thing I love is I'll say, well, why? Like I'm thinking a little earlier, but what's your reasoning? Am I missing something? Yeah. And they'll give me some, you know, of their reasonings. I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. You know, like maybe I should, maybe I should think about that a little bit more. Right. And then they'll say to me, well, what are your reasonings for allowing it at this age? And they'll get my perspective. Oh, maybe I should look into that. So that's what I love to do with other moms is sort of bounce back and forth our ideas, even though we're so different. Totally. I love that. Yeah. And I, I talk to my kids a lot about like, this is, this is just like our family culture. Like there's a small, small example is our neighbor, uh, drives their son to school every day and it's a half a mile and my kids walk and ride their bikes and we could easily fall into the habit of my youngest just riding with them. But I'm like, no, this is the, like, this is the vibe I want before school. I want you guys to get that energy out, that exercise in exercise isn't the really, the right word, but like, Yeah. Yeah. Just like move your body, be outside. I want you to have that before school every day. Would it be so much easier for me to just shove my kindergartner in their car because getting the kindergartner to school is harder than getting the older kids. Um, 
but you know, nine times out of 10, we're doing the walk or doing the bike ride because I'm like, no, I want, this is how I want it to be. And sometimes it can be hard to not let what other families nearby are doing kind of like filter into how you do things because it's easier. Absolutely. It's easier, but also, right. Don't you sometimes start to second guess your decision of what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, should I be doing this every day with my kids? Do my kids like this? Maybe they really want to. Oh, and you start to second guess. I do it all the time, second guessing. And then I have to sort of snap myself out of it and be uh-huh. like, no, 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 this is what I'm doing for my kids or my family. Yeah. And, you know, I have to be confident enough to stick with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard being a mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Well, what's something, uh, we'll wrap up here with our end of the podcast questions. What's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Well, my future goal is really to get a book published. Awesome. Um, I would love to offer to moms sort of the reflections on raising teens and all those transitions and those moments that we don't feel like we're doing a good job and offer just inspirational affirmations of support and sort of like a compilation of my blog mixed in with, you know, new writings and just a real like support system. You know, my vision is a a little book next to your coffee table or, you know, on your nightstand next to your bed. And you just not this big chapter book, but you just pick up and can have some small little vignettes of inspiration. Love that. Yeah. Your writing is very poetic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That means a lot. Poetry is my favorite genre. Oh, (laughs) I mean, that's what I gathered when I was reading through your posts. Thank you. What's uh, the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, I loved Verity. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was that book hooked me. Totally. um, I think I read it in about two days, nonstop, barely spoke with my kids. Uh (laughs) Uh, My nose was in that book. Yeah, it's amazing. Great writing, great suspense, good hooks. Yeah. I've not read it. Highly recommend it. See, that's, that's a fun advice. You can get lost in books to uh, not obsess so much over motherhood every so often. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I, I like her books. They're so, they're easy reads and they always, you're always like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Right. Yeah. Um, what, do you have a kid's book or a teen book you recommend? Oh, my all time favorite, like elementary kid book is I like myself. Oh, Okay. It's just an amazing inspirational read for kids boosting their self-esteem, right? I like myself because I'm me. There's no one else I'd rather be. Mm. Um, And I think it's just a real positive message. As far as a teen book, um, hmm, trying to think of, you know, I think for teens, I, I can't say one in particular, but I love giving more like affirmations mm-hmm. to teens, mm-hmm. short snippets for the purpose of, I think the attention span oftentimes is limited because of their time that they can offer to, you know, sort of outside reading outside of school. Um, so like short and sweet. So those little books of, um, or you know what, what I'm thinking of that's I think really nice is don't sweat the small stuff. Oh it's yeah. A, it's a goodie. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, and just those quick little positive messages of hope. Mm-hmm. Do you have a trip or a place you visited with your family that you recommend? Oh, I really, really enjoyed when we went to Wyoming and we went to Tijuana. Um, we just had this overall great outdoor experience, right? Being outside, hiking, biking, you know, running into bison and moose and this whole experience. I felt like we were literally living inside of a painting. Wow. Do you say the Tetons? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, okay. Where did you stay when you went there? We stayed in Teton Village. Okay, cool. Is it is it like little little cottages? Little, like little cottages and condos, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I was telling my husband we need to get out west, and I don't know how much longer we our youngest is four. He'll be five next summer, and I'm like, you know, I just want to wait till they're a little bit bigger, but I don't want to wait too long because you know my oldest is ten, and I want them to still be young and and enjoy yeah. it. So maybe next, maybe yeah, I think that like you know, later elementary years. Yeah. Even like seven, eight, because going there, like for us, at least my kids were probably like eight, 10, 11, okay. something that age. And it truly is one of my all time favorite vacations with them because, okay. but they have to be old enough to be able to hike a, a decent amount of yeah. distance and bike ride. So those little legs, you need to hold off a little. Yeah. A little Right. I don't want to be carrying somebody. Exactly. So, and they have like great ropes courses there oh, cool. and sort of adventure parks. So everything was outside. Mm -hmm. I love being outside and it just really was this great family vacation. Everyone was happy doing activities. And what is your last message to leave with our audience today? Oh, you are always a good enough mom. Mm -hmm. Don't second guess yourself. You know, it's on those days that are really hard and the days that you feel like you've completely failed, your kids still love you and you are a great mother and you just have to, you know, stay strong. Thank you, Allie. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Allie, for coming on the show. Don't forget to find Allie on Instagram. She's hang.in.itthere.mama. Uh, I'm Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram. You can also find this podcast. Why is everyone yelling? Because why is everyone yelling? I do not know. It's a constant thing in my home. Uh, we have a Facebook group, Why Is Everyone Yelling? And uh, if you want to learn more about this podcast and all the shows in our podcast network, go to sandyboyproductions.com, uh, greengrowers.farm. If you want to grab yourself and your family some elderberry syrup to get through this cold and flu season, dang it. Uh, it's good stuff, great quality. And Stacy, the owner of Green Growers Farm, along with her husband, she's part of this podcast network. So go support her small business and uh, stock up on the elderberry goodness. Greengrowers.farm. Use the code SANDYBOY for free shipping. All right, friends. Thanks for being here. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next time on Why Is Everyone Yelling?